As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As James Tanner started to climb the tree, he was tingling with excitement. It was March 6, 1938, his 24th birthday, and he was about to glimpse one of the rarest birds in the world. Tanner had been watching the woodpecker nest from the ground for 16 days, squinting and craning his neck. It was 55 feet up, and a few moments earlier, when the two woodpecker parents flew off to find food, Tanner had gotten a crazy idea. He decided to scale the tree and catch a glimpse of the baby fledgling inside. Tanner had nicknamed the fledgling Sunny Boy. It had black feathers with white racing stripes. And with every foot Tanner climbed, his excitement swelled. He began snapping branches aside, hoping Sunny Boy would poke his head out. Unfortunately, Sonny Boy had a different perspective on this visit. After all, here was some huge, featherless, huffing, puffing thing breaking branches and jamming his beak right into the nest hole. As soon as Sonny Boy saw that, he panicked and darted out of the hole to fly away. The only problem was Sonny Boy could not fly yet. He was too young. And despite being a fledgling, this was a big species of woodpecker. Sunny Boy was the size of a pigeon. So when he bolted from that hole, he plunged straight down toward the ground, his wings thrashing uselessly. Watching Sunny Boy fall, Tanner felt his insides crater. Had he just killed one of the most endangered birds on Earth? Thankfully, no. Sunny Boy crashed into some vines, which saved him from splattering. Tanner scurried down the tree to untangle him. And what happened next was, frankly, kind of magical. Still fascinated, Tanner decided to snap some photos. So he handed Sunny Boy to his guide, a local fellow named JJ. But Sunny Boy would not sit still. He hopped onto JJ's arm, then his back then perched right on top of his hat. Not in panic, either. In fact, Sunny Boy seemed to be kind of showing off, mugging for the camera. Now, ornithologists had heard stories like this before, that this type of woodpecker actually enjoyed attention and would pose for people. In fact, the cartoon character Woody Woodpecker was modeled in part on this species because it was so charismatic. And the encounter thrilled Tanner. He had just gotten a close-up of one of the rarest birds on Earth, one that still fascinates people today. 
the ivory-billed woodpecker. You may remember a flurry of attention for the ivory-billed woodpecker in 2005. That year, reports emerged of several sightings in an Arkansas swamp, seven full decades after the last confirmed sighting. Recently, someone claimed to have spotted an ivory-billed woodpecker over in eastern Arkansas. Now, since this bird was thought to be extinct, it caused quite a stir as people from all over the world flocked to the Mid-South to try to confirm its existence. Unfortunately, that proof has been as elusive as the bird itself. Had this iconic species been resurrected? It was a powerful surge of hope for a country bitterly divided by a war in Iraq and partisan politics one good thing we could all rally around. Unfortunately, the 2005 sightings were probably bogus. In fact, after Tanner replaced Sunnybird in the nest, only one other person on Earth would ever catch a confirmed glimpse of this species. And the worst part is, it didn't have to be this way. We could have saved the ivory-billed woodpecker, and might have, if not for, of all things, Adolf Hitler. Because as crazy as it sounds, the ivory-billed woodpecker was one of the last victims of the Nazi war machine. From the Science History Institute, this is Sam Keen and the Disappearing Spoon, a topsy-turvy, sciencey history podcast, where footnotes become the real story. The ivory-billed woodpecker is sometimes called the Lord God bird because that's what people cried out the first time they saw one. Lord God, what a bird. It's one of the largest woodpeckers on Earth with a wingspan of 30 inches. It has a black body with sleek white racing stripes and white tips on its black wings. Males have a bright red crest atop their heads. And of course, it has an ivory-colored bill. Anatomically, the bill is a long, sharp bone covered in keratin, similar to fingernails. It's then anchored to the skull. This enables the bird to pound holes into trees. Here's its knock, a double knock. It then digs out beetle grubs for food. It also eats pecans, acorns, wild grapes, hackberries, and even poison ivy seeds, a daring choice. As for their call, it's not the woody woodpecker, ah-ha-ha-ha-ha. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> it's actually more of a honk, kind of an awkward sound. But their flight was always majestic. They'd sweep in low toward trees, then rush up to the top in a graceful swoop. Lord God, what a bird. The ivory-billed's range extended from Florida up to Virginia, and as far west as Texas. Dixie, essentially. And fittingly enough, its downfall began with Dixie's defeat during the Civil War. The defeat left Dixie impoverished, and the ivory-billed's natural home, the longleaf pine forests, where trees grew as tall and true as cathedral pillars, and where you could ride a horse for days without dismounting, well, it was quickly raided for cash. The North had already destroyed its forests, and its mills needed timber. So North and South conspired to chop down millions upon millions of pine trees. 
Cut and get out was their motto. 90 million acres of virgin forest was reduced to just 3 million. And as those trees crashed down, so did the population of the ivory-billed woodpecker. The birds got pushed into swamps and other marginal lands where they could not find enough grubs to eat. Untold numbers starved, and by the 1930s, things were dire. Young James Tanner was supposed to be the bird's savior. He was an ornithology student at Cornell University, and in 1937, he began a three-year odyssey to track the ivory build across the entire south. He wanted to map their remaining habitats and figure out what land to conserve in order to save them. Tanner traveled around in a sputtering Model A Ford. He put in 45,000 miles total. And where the Model A couldn't go, he plunged into forests on horseback or waded through swamps on foot, dodging mosquitoes and snakes. He often slept on an old tennis net strung between trees. He found Sonny Boy in northeast Louisiana, the fledgling he almost killed but got the incredible pictures of. And if you want to see those pictures of Sonny Boy mugging for the camera, head over to patreon.com slash disappearing spoon. They are fascinating. Sadly, though, Sonny Boy proved the lone highlight of the trip. Because despite crisscrossing 45,000 miles in his Model A, James Tanner saw not a single ivory-billed woodpecker outside of Louisiana. Sonny Boy's home was their last holdout, their Alamo. Specifically, Sonny Boy lived on land called the Singer Tract. It was owned by the Singer Sewing Machine Company, which made wooden cabinets to house its machines. And even within that tract, Tanner found just a dozen ivory-builds total. The species was critically endangered. When he returned to Cornell, Tanner wrote up an urgent report. Save the Singer Tract, he said, or the Lord God Bird will disappear forever. In turn, this report fired up some well-connected conservationists, people with more resources and power than a Ph.D. student. Specifically, the report lit a fire under Richard Poe, a future president of the Nature Conservancy. Now, Poe was a real mover and shaker, and he quickly lined up meetings with four southern governors. He pitched the idea of buying up the Singer Tract and making it into a nature refuge to save the ivory build from extinction. His enthusiasm proved infectious, and all four governors agreed. Poe even got President Franklin Roosevelt to sign on. Poe then approached the owners of the Singer Tract to make an offer. Now, technically, Singer Sewing Machines still owned the land, but it had leased the rights to another company, Chicago Mill and Lumber. And when Poe approached the mill, owner James Griswold was eager to sell. By this point, March 1942, every able-bodied logger in the South was overseas fighting in World War II. There was zero labor around, and the land was pretty much useless. Might as well sell it off, Griswold figured. He suggested $200,000, $3.2 million today. Now, that was an obscene amount of money then to save a bird. But James Tanner had shown that the ivory build was a keystone species. By pecking holes into trees, it allowed insects to crawl inside. This infestation often finished off weaker trees. And when weaker trees fell, this opened up patches of sunlight and canopy to help younger, stronger trees grow. 
so saving the ivory build would strengthen the Singer Forest overall. Poe explained all this, and after some long negotiations, the governors put up the 200 grand. Poe then caught the next train for Chicago, check in hand. The ivory billed woodpecker was one signature away from salvation. Except when he got there, Griswold the mill owner reneged on the deal. Poe was stunned. Why? What happened? That's when Griswold explained about the Nazis. Have you ever wanted to appreciate books or movies or music from another culture? Do you have a big trip coming up and want to get beyond the tourist spots and immerse yourself in local culture? No matter what the reason, Rosetta Stone is the language program for you. Rosetta Stone has been the expert in language learning for 30 years. Millions have used it. Rosetta Stone knows what works for getting started, remembering what you've learned, and motivating you to stay on track. Plus, the built-in true accent feature gives you live feedback to improve your pronunciation. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. So don't put off learning that language. Start today. For a limited time, Disappearing Spoon listeners get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. In short... The Allies had been scooping up German soldiers by the thousands in North Africa and had nowhere to put them. So they began packing them onto so-called Liberty boats and shipping them to America, which had plenty of room. Nearly 400,000 Nazi POWs were eventually shipped to the United States, including 500 at a fairground in northeast Louisiana, a few miles from the Singer Tract. And rather than let those able-bodied prisoners sit idle, the War Department put them to work. Farming, mostly, but others got assigned different tasks, like logging. Chicago mill owner James Griswold was tickled pink. It was practically free labor. So he told the conservationist Poe to bug off. He didn't give a damn about some birds. Quote, we're just money grubbers, Griswold said. We're not concerned with ethical consideration. The deal was off. So sadly, over the next few years, the Singer track got wiped out, an all-American landscape clear-cut by the very Nazis we defeated in the war. But here's the thing. At first, the Nazis were happy to cut timber. 
It was glorious forest, and working outdoors sure beats sitting inside a barbed wire prison camp. But before long, the Germans began grumbling. You see, the Chicago mill ordered nearly every tree cut down, even the ones useless for lumber. Surplus trunks were simply left to rot. And what was the worthwhile lumber used for? Not vital war material, oh no. The forest was wiped out to make tea chests for British officers. The Nazis were disgusted. To destroy one of the last stands of untouched forests in North America, just so the Brits could have fresh Earl Grey? Even they had more ethics than that. Conservationists were distraught, too. In April 1944, an artist with the Audubon Society visited the Singer Tract and caught one last lonely glimpse of an ivory-billed woodpecker there. It was a female with no mate. She lived high up within a small grove surrounded by stumps. The artist stayed as long as he could, just watching her. Lord God. Then he heard a crash. A huge tree had just been felled behind him. He realized the Germans would be coming for this grove soon. They had orders. And with that, the artist left. He couldn't stomach seeing the last ivory build cut down. No one has seen one since. But what about that 2005 sighting in the Arkansas swamp, the one that got all the publicity? The four-second clip of what appears to be an ivory-billed woodpecker has launched one of the most sophisticated wildlife searches in history. I had uh, set my paddle down, and uh, the bird dropped in from above the canopy into the channel, headed straight towards me. Unfortunately, it's probably bogus. The whole thing started with a new age hippie. She supposedly saw an ivory build, and I am not making this up, after consulting a psychic who helped her divine the bird's energy field. Had she at least gotten a picture? Um, no, her camera failed right then. People nevertheless ran with her story. Sightings multiplied, and some people even took videos. But these videos are laughably grainy. They make the Zapruder film look high-def in comparison. And in every sighting, the bird is always massed behind a tree or beating its wings way off in the distance. This all looks even more dubious when you realize that there's another type of woodpecker in that swamp, the pileated woodpecker. The pileated is smaller, but it's also black and white and has a red crest. It's all too easy to mix the two species up. People simply see a half-glimpse of fluttering wings and, Lord God, their imaginations take flight too. In fact, the 2005 sighting is not even unique. Another sighting occurred in 1950 and 1955. 58, too. Plus 59, 66, 67, 71, 75, and, well, you get the picture. But every single claim eventually crumbles. Thousands of birders have spent probably millions of hours searching for ivory builds. And so far, no one has ever gotten a clear glimpse. The big question, then, is why? Why do people believe it exists? Confirmation bias probably plays a role. Psychologically, people see what they want to see, and they grasp at any possible clue as proof. We all do it, birders included. 
But if this were just a birding story, no one would care. There's something deeper at work here. The hope of a paradise lost and regained. The hope that, if we can just find the ivory build again, maybe that means humans aren't all money grubbers after all, trading pristine forests for cash. We'll get one last chance to right an old wrong. As one skeptic said, it's faith-based ornithology. Even today, people still search for the ivory build, including people who know deep down that it's gone. In a way, I actually find that touching. That's such a deeply human act. The head knows it's defeated, yet the heart pushes on. At this point, the ivory-billed woodpecker might as well be Bigfoot, a myth. But like all myths, this one has power. It's a story of greed and hope, of near misses and psychological delusions. Above all, it's a story of two species in conflict, a charismatic bird whose ghost still haunts the forests, and the featherless primate with an urgent need to keep those ghosts alive. This is the Disappearing Spoon podcast, brought to you by the Science History Institute. Find out more about their library, museum, and multimedia magazine at sciencehistory.org. Make sure you check out the Science History Institute's other awesome podcast, Distillations. You can find their in-depth narrative stories and interviews about everything from space junk to sex, drugs, and migraines anywhere you get your podcast and on their website distillations.org. You can find more incredible stories from my books at samkeen.com. You can also book me as a speaker at your school or event. If you like this podcast, please support it at patreon.com slash disappearing spoon. It costs as little as seven cents per day. You can also get bonus episodes and signed books. Please spread the word to others as well and subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or other places. This episode was written by me, Sam Keen. It was mixed by Jonathan Pfeffer and produced by Mariel Carr and Rigoberto Hernandez. Thanks for listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. 
Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.